Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Everybody said, Amen. You guys can be seated. Well, it's good to see you all. Uh, would you guys thank Justin and the band for leading us like they do every single week? It's just an amazing, amazing gift you guys bring to our church. I mean, thank you so much. I have a question for you. Uh, don't you just love it when somebody uh, comes along and says something like, um, hey, the way you've been doing things is all wrong? Don't you just love that? Like, you know, when someone goes, honey, you know, the, the way you've been folding the washcloths. You know, or that's not the correct way to load the dishwasher. This is the, I mean, doesn't it just make you feel all warm and tingly inside when someone tells you what you've been doing is wrong? I mean, this is the stuff that, you know, strong, healthy relationships are built on. Um, uh, but So that kind of stuff, we need to kind of let go. We need to let God. We need to, we need to get, get over that. But I think it's very important, if, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, if you, if you say, yes, I am in this relationship with God through Jesus, and I'm, I'm on this faith journey, I think it's very important for us to be willing to be told, to listen, to understand if maybe how we've been doing things isn't quite okay, if it's not quite right, if it doesn't quite agree with what God's Word says. If we're followers of Christ, we need to be willing to hear if, if we could do things a little bit better. Um, and in Isaiah chapter 1, which is where our text is today, we find where the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, is uh, he's more than just a little bit frustrated with the people of God. He's uh, really... Um, He's frustrated with the expressions of their sacrifice, with the, the, uh, the prayers, the celebrations they've begun, these festivals that they've started doing, even with the gifts they're bringing. He even says that their meetings are pious, um, they're just for show. And um, all the while this is going on, all the while they have these elaborate festivals and all these things, they're treating people horribly. So they've got this outward image of, of being uh, super hyper-religious, but they're treating people horribly. And uh, God has looked upon them. In case you didn't know today, God looks upon each and every one of us. He looks upon our hearts. He knows the intentions of what's inside. Regardless of what we're doing on the outside, God looks in our hearts. And he had done this with the people And he looked in their hearts and he said, you know, I I see their shallowness. I see the emptiness of of their hearts. I've seen the emptiness of their actions. And he's become weary of these attempts that they've been making to, to worship. And in effect, he's saying to them, you are missing the point. You're, you're missing the point of what it means to worship me. You're you're missing the point. Uh, This is what he says in, uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. And I love this because he shows us what the point is. He doesn't just tell us we're missing the point. He shows us the point. And so God, through the prophet Isaiah, says this. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool, if you will only obey me. 
It's really important that you hear that because we're going to talk about that in a minute. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. So what does he say? He says to, through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord says to give up our evil ways, to give up our sin, to learn to do good, to seek justice, to help and defend the, the oppressed, and to obey, to obey. So obedience, God comes along and says, look, you're missing the point. What you've been doing, you're missing the point. The point is obedience. Obedience is the point. Joyful obedience, not, not begrudging, not, not like a, a sullen child. No, obedience is the point. Joyful obedience to the Lord. And, and we see these, these action words that God gives us. Is, so yeah, you're missing the point, but if you do these things, you can live a life of joyful obedience. Not, not elaborate parties, not, not made-up forms of, of, of so-called worship, not, not resistance to God's way just so we can get our own way. This is what he's telling them, not that. Obedience, obedience. And these are great ideas, right? I mean, I'm sitting here reading off these, these words talking about, um, you know, seeking justice and helping defend, you know, and looking out for other people. And you might be sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, that's what I do. But... When you think about it, there's times when maybe we, you know, we have our own idea. You know, we have our own, when we think about worship, when I say worship, you know what a lot of us do, myself included? That one hour on Sunday, I go to church. Oh, that's my worship of God. That, that's it. That's when I go. That's what I do. That's my worship. See, and God said, no, it's not about, it's not about those things. You know, we, we think about showing up to a service when we think about the word worship. We think, you know, wash up and dress up. You know, wash up and dress up. Look good on the outside. And what God is saying, no, no, I want you to wash up and clean up on the inside. It's about what's going on on the inside. You know, we might think um, people on a stage performing. Um, when God has said, no, no, it's not about what's happening on a stage. It's about learning to do good. Uh, we think about ourselves. We can do that. And he said, no, no, I want you to help and defend and fight for others. I want you to think about other people. And as I read this passage in Isaiah, we are in our fourth week of our Gospel According to Dr. Seuss series. As I read this passage in Isaiah, it reminded me of, Jessica mentioned it, one of the most well-known Dr. Seuss stories, besides the cat in the hat itself, and it's green eggs and ham. So would you watch this clip with me, thinking about this passage in Isaiah? I really only show you that clip for the sweet 1960s, late 1960s music that's playing in the background of those clips because it's so awesome. I think you guys should lead a whole worship set with that um, sometime soon. We never know the name of the character that Sam I Am is just relentlessly pursuing. We never know his name, so we'll give him a name. We're going to call him the Resistant One, okay? And uh, we, the, the Resistant One is offered this seemingly, according to his facial uh, gestures and, and expressions, uh, he thinks that green eggs and ham are disgusting. He, he wants nothing to do with it. And we never know what he would prefer over green eggs and ham. We just know he wants nothing to do with green eggs and ham. Let's put this in perspective and in, into our day-to-day -day lives in case you think that you're, you're like, okay, Isaiah, green eggs and ham, what are we talking about? We want what we want when we want it how we want it, where we want it, and we don't want anyone else telling us how we should do it or how we should want it. 
this is how we are. This is kind of the makeup of most of us. We, we uh, not in a box, not with a fox, not on a train, not in a rain, not in a house with a mouse. We don't want, no, this is how we are. And in regard to our relationship with God, think about this. We can be awfully particular about how we choose to say, I'm going to live a life of worship to him. I'm going to live this life that says I am in relationship with the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. We can be awfully particular about how we show that. We can, we can be kind of narrow-minded about how we live out our faith. In, in Isaiah, in the text, we, it, it seems as if the people of Israel and Judah, because that's who Isaiah is speaking to, it seems as if the people of Israel and Judah, they have determined that this is how they're going to do it. This is how we're going to worship. This is how we're going to show our praise. All the while, like I mentioned, treating people horribly. So they're doing one thing on the outside, but, but what's really happening is, is not uh, worthy of praise at all. It doesn't honor God in any way. And along comes Isaiah, and this is what he does. He, he comes along and he says... How about try something different? This is what you've been doing. And God looked upon them and said, this isn't, this isn't good. And then through the prophet Isaiah, he goes, how about try something different? How about try obedience? How about try joyful obedience with these action words that he gives to us? How about this as a way in which you show a life of worship? How about this as a way in which you live out your life of faith? How about some green eggs and ham? And, you know, it's a lot easier for us to claim that we don't like the message that's being delivered to us than it is for us to really admit that maybe the way we've been doing things isn't quite as awesome as we thought it was. You know, um, it's just easier for us sometimes to cross our arms and say, I do not like green eggs and ham. I, I, I don't want to hear this message. You know, I, I don't, I mean, in effect, we could be saying, okay, God, yeah, you're telling me that, that this way is, you know, it's kind of shallow and it's kind of hollow, and, and yeah, maybe I don't treat other people that great, but I don't want to defend the cause of the helpless. I don't want to look after the orphans. I don't want to look after the widows. I don't want to try obedience. I don't want to have my sin washed away. I don't want to be purified. This is what we can do because we say, no, I, I just want to go ahead and keep doing it the way I've been doing it. I, I'd just rather show up to the elaborately planned festival like they were doing in this text. I would just rather show up to the one-hour program that is tailored just for my likes and my taste. And then I can check that off my God box for the week. And then I can go about my life. This is how I want to do it, Lord. This is how I want to do this. About 20 years ago, and it's really hard to think it was like 20 years ago, but um, I had this great opportunity to go and uh, spend a couple of months in Romania doing missions work. And the work we were doing was we were, uh, there was a problem in the orphanages and things like that where kids were aging out from the orphanage. They didn't have enough room, and they were sending uh, these young women and men, basically out on the street. And a lot of these girls were ending up in prostitution and drug addiction and whatnot. So some Christian organizations got together and they, they kind of set up these um, transition houses where they would put eight to ten girls in a home with some home parents and they would tr you know, teach them life skills. They would teach them about living in a family and doing chores and all these things because they had been institutionalized for most of their life. And so I had this great opportunity to go over and, and stay in one of these transition homes for a couple of months. 
So while I'm there, the, the organization I was with, they, were, uh, they would go to worship, and the church they went to was the Brethren Church, which is actually part of our UMC heritage. It's pretty cool. When we say the word united and United Methodist, it actually comes from the United Brethren Church. We were the Methodist Church, and they were United Brethren, and we joined, and we became the United Methodist Church. So I'm over there, and I'm going to these, uh, this Brethren Church, and you walk in, and um, there's a center aisle, and on one side it was where all the men sat, and on the other side is where all the women sat. And if you were like a young family with a little baby, you could get to sit in the balcony together. But otherwise, when you're down on the floor, you're separated. And all the women, we had to wear long uh, skirts or dresses. Um, we had to have our head covered. They didn't have a pastor. They had elders. And there would be different elders speaking every week and kind of leading the worship service. Um, and only men could do that. And, uh, and then we sang. I sang a lot, a whole lot. And we would go to church three times a week. And each service was about an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes. And so I did this, and I was there for two months. So that's a lot of time to sit and, and, and to go to church. And did I mention that it was in Romanian? And did I mention that I didn't speak Romanian? So this is what I'm doing. I'm going, I'm spending a lot of hours in this worship service. It's totally different than anything I'd ever known. And, and I was doing this every single week for eight weeks. Um, and so here's what I learned about I don't know, myself, about my relationship with God while I was there. This is, this is what I learned. Um, God had my undivided attention. I would come into the service and because I couldn't really track, you know, maybe every 20th word I might go, oh, I think I know that, that noun, you know, or whatever. Um, I would just find the verse that the elder was talking about and I would just kind of really get into it and read it and, and look at the you know, corresponding text and those things. And I would just kind of immerse myself in that. And then we would sing. And a lot of the hymns, if you've grown up in church, you might know some of them, but I didn't really grow up singing hymns, so these were like new songs to me in a totally different language. And then I'm sitting there and just, just reading his word, and, and, and while I'm there, I have to tell you this, and, and it wasn't one specific instance or moment, but what happened in that time, in those eight weeks, is that God confirmed in my life a call to be in full-time ministry, I was reminded of my absolute need for him, um, that, that everything around me could be um, archaic or different or maybe something I wouldn't choose to do, but it didn't change my relationship with God. And he, he spoke to me in that and just confirmed that, that call so that when I came back to the States, I knew that this was the beginning of these steps. I mean, God, by his grace, was showing me what to do, where to go next. And you know what I could have done? You know what could have been my response? I could have walked into this church and been like, oh, I can't believe we have to wear these long skirts. I'm going to trip over them, you know, in this Romanian winter wearing these boots and these, you know, oh, head covering. You know, where do you, you know, where's the nearest head covering store? I got to go buy one of these. You know, it's like I could have been so resistant to the, the external things. I could have been offended that women couldn't get up and speak. I could, have, I could have just sat back and crossed my arms and said, I do not like green eggs and ham. I don't know if you've got anything to say to me, God, while I'm here for these two months. Well, I sure am, I'm sure serving you, but I don't, I don't have, I do not like green eggs and ham. And see, I needed that time because, like I said, I'm in this home with these teenage girls and I'm telling you, those hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, 
three times a week were really important to me because I was spent. I mean, I'm trying to pour into these young women, and, I don't, and it is not my language. And so I'm trying to learn a language on the fly and, and be a presence for Christ for these girls. And those hour and 45 minutes were so holy to me. And I could have missed it. I could have been resistant to it just because it was different. It wasn't what I expected or what I liked. It was stripped down and it was foreign and it was innocent and I was so dependent on the Holy Spirit to minister to my soul. There's a warning in this passage in Isaiah. And I, and I think it's important we don't miss it. It's, it's very important. And it says this in verse 20. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, remember all these action words had just been given. This is what it looks like to worship me. This is what I want you, how I want you to live out your life. And then verse 20 says, but if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. And we will suffer the consequences if we of disobedience if we don't say, I need to change. The Lord has just shown me the ways in which I have been doing this wrong and he's given me the correct way to to start to practice my faith and if I don't I'm going to suffer the consequences I'm going to I'm going to find that I'm constantly running up against a wall I'm going to find that that I feel like I'm praying and praying and 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 I just don't see anything happening I'm going to be overwhelmed with stress I'm going to be overcome with these things listen we have an opportunity to to be in joyful obedience to the Lord but he says here that if we refuse to listen, it's, it's going to be trouble. We can't go on this way. Now, remember, this is in Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament. People, we need Jesus, <laughs> just telling you, because this message keeps going on. You go into the New Testament, and Jesus is saying the same exact things to the religious people, to the Pharisees. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So he's talking about this. Make sure what you're doing is not just outward so people can go, Oh, wow, look how awesome they are. He also says this in Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 and 28. This gets serious. Woe to you. If Jesus ever says woe to you, let's listen up. If Jesus, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Ouch. He's saying, don't just do stuff outwardly. There needs to be something going on inwardly. But this is one of the things that I love, love, love about the grace of our Lord. He doesn't just say, wow, you've really messed that up. I saw that, and that was bad. Hmm. And here's the, here's the consequences. Now, God doesn't work that way with us. This is what I love about the grace of our Lord. He, he doesn't just declare how we've erred and, and how we've done things wrong and, then, and the consequences. No, he shows up. He shows up and he says, okay, you've fallen short. You, you have. But then he tells us how to do it correctly. He tells us how to, to walk in a different way. He, he does that. And then he makes a way for redemption. Redemption, so we don't have to carry the, the weight of how we were doing it wrong. He says you can have a new life. 
And listen, the blueprint for this life that the Lord desires of us is right here in this text in Isaiah. It's right here with these action words. It's it's right here in, in verses 16 and 17. Wash away and give up sin. That's a good place to start, don't you think? Wash away and give up sin. You know, if, if you just looking great on the outside, but you, are you like those whitewashed tombs and on the inside it's full of death and hypocrisy? No, wash away and give up sin. Learn to do good. I, I think it's interesting. It says learn to do good as if we all automatically know how to do good, but I think we all know that we don't and that's why we need Jesus. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help and defend the oppressed. Fight for them. Obey God. Be pure. This is what these action words are. This is, this is the blueprint for, okay, how you were doing it, not that great. Try this. How about try this? How about try this obedience to the Lord? How about live this out? And you know, in the video, Sam I Am, though obviously he's, he's pretty annoying, we have to admit. He's a little annoying. But you have to, you have to admire his relentless pursuit of the resistant one. You, you really have to because... Here's the good news, folks. And this is what this image of Sam I am pursuing the relentless one. This is the good news I want you to hear today. I'm thankful for a God who pursues us in grace by his Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for a God who does that. He doesn't just immediately write us off. I'm thankful for a God who pursues us, who comes after us again and again and again. I'm so thankful for that. Even when we cross our arms and say, no. He pursues us relentlessly. And, and you and I, we don't, we don't have to be in bondage to, to something meaningless, something hollow, something shallow. We don't have to be pretending to be people who are full of righteousness. We can be freed by, by a heart that desires to serve the Lord in joyful obedience. And he gives us the tools to do that in this text in Isaiah. Is there prayerfully this is what i've been praying is there the possibility that the holy spirit of god has even been ministering to you this morning while we're here together in the last few days and you're sensing you're sensing that that holy spirit saying to you again i know you have your preconceived ideas about how you're living out your faith i know you have your your preconceived ideas of what it looks like to worship and what it looks like to live a life that says you're a follower of jesus to the world i know you've got your preconceived and elaborate plans for how you're going to celebrate the coming of my son for the next few weeks but could you would you will you would you consider obedience Would you consider a life of joyful obedience? I just had the greatest epiphany. That's the same voice of Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) This whole time I've been like, how do I know this voice? It's Tigger. That's what I knew. Oh, I digress. I'm sorry. Folks, what is our response to... um, to a God who desires to be in relationship with us through Jesus Christ. I mean, the reason he spoke through the prophets was because he wanted to give us words of life and hope. And, and what, what is our response to a God who says, I've sent my son Jesus for you. 
I've bridged this gap between us and, and you can be in relationship with me. And then he brings along uh, his Holy Spirit to, to guide us and minister to us and help us make sense of all these, these things that are so holy and amazing. What is our response to a God who wants to be in relationship with us? Is it to go, well, you know what? I, I know you're amazing and all, but, but I'm, I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna do my own way. I wanna, I wanna pretend. I'm gonna do just an outward show. Do we, do we run from him? Do we cross our arms and say, I do not like that? Well, what is our response? What about joyful obedience? What about it? Because this is what is offered us today. What about trying out what's being offered by God? You know, a, a life that's committed to serving, a life that's committed to serving others in the name of Jesus, um, a, a life with an outward focus that, that's thinking of others instead of just thinking about me, just thinking about us on the inside. You know, in Green Eggs and Ham, the, the resistant one, you know, obviously finally stops resisting and and tastes and see and sees that this is so good, and he declares that he's going to eat these everywhere now. All those places he said he wasn't going to eat them, now he's going to eat them there. And then the last thing he says is this, I do so like green eggs and ham. Thank you, thank you, Sam I am. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you, thank you for your relentless pursuit of us. Lord, we, we confess this morning our shallow attempts at worshiping and honoring you, our, our shallow attempts at, at honoring you with our lives. Forgive us, we pray, for the ways in which we have we've not been consistent with you. We thank you, Lord, for the redemptive life through Jesus Christ and ask that, that you would help us, Lord, to put your words into action in our life that we would wash, that we would give up, that we would learn, that we would seek, that we would help, that we would defend, that we would fight for, that we would obey, that we would be purified. Father, my prayer for us all gathered here together this morning is that you would free us for joyful obedience through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.